I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bare man. I've breathed the mountain air, man. This is The Road Less Travelled, presented by Nikki Shay. G'day everyone, welcome to the Road Less Travelled podcast. It's Nikki Shea, your host, back in the seat to take you on an adventure again this week on the show. A big warm welcome if you've just joined us for the very first time. And if you're a seasoned listener, welcome back to the podcast. Great to have your company. And as always, you can interact with us by dropping an email, which is fatcat at iinet.net.au. You can send me an SMS or even give me a phone call if you want on 0427528467. Follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, and you can catch up with what's happening through our website which is through fatcatmedia.com.au i'd like to get through this week's uh, edition of the podcast and speaking of podcasts if you want to go back through the back catalogue of season one and what we've been up to so far in season two you can do that through fat cat media and also by subscribing to the podcast feed we're available on iHeartRadio, on google podcasts on spotify and of course on um, a- apple Podcasts as well where you can give us a, a review if you so desire we'd really appreciate that Now, I hope our little podcast is giving you some encouragement, some support and some ideas about getting out there in the road. And I'm always reminded of the quote by American Mark Twain. He said that 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones that you did do. So throw off the bow line, sail away from the safe harbour, catch the trade winds in your sails. In other words, don't live a life of regrets. Get out there and do it now. And this week, I thought we'd take you to a place that we've done many times, but um, many of you have actually dropped us a line and said uh, talk to us a bit more about this and it's Kalgoorlie in Western Australia right in the heart of the goldfields and what I have only just sort of realized it's it's a lot of international airlines now operate flights um, to um, Kalgoorlie and you can obviously daily flights from Perth Airport um, from the major international hubs there's also connections with domestic flights which travel to Kalgoorlie Boulder as well so you can fly in you can also do it by rail. Trans WA rates the Avon Link and the Prospector train services. And of course, the Indian Pacific also stops at Kalgoorlie once a week, twice a week between June and September uh, on its journey between Sydney, Adelaide, and Perth. By coach, where you can get to Kalgoorlie by Trans WA operates from Esperance to Kalgoorlie Boulder three times a week. And if you're keen to explore the northern goldfields, Gold Rush Tours operates a coach service once a week, linking Kalgoorlie Boulder with Menzies, Leonora and Laverton. So uh, you can do it that way. And the most popular one, and the one that we choose, is by road. Kalgoorlie Boulder can easily be accessed by road from Perth by using the Great Eastern Highway. However, there's a huge choice of alternative routes that will give you a more enriching experience, if you like, as you travel to Kalgoorlie Boulder. If you have a real hunger for adventure, why not travel to WA's Golden Outback along one of the world's greatest roads, taking the Air Highway from South Australia across the vast Nullarbor Plain. Or if you're a highly experienced four-wheel drive enthusiast, you can embark on the journey of a lifetime by following the mighty Canning Stock Group or the Outback Way. And those adventures we'll talk about a little bit later on. Both Qantas and Virgin Australia fly to Kalgoorlie Boulder with regular services from Perth. Now the flights from Perth take about a one, one hour, making air travel the most convenient way to get there. You'll land at the modern Kalgoorlie Boulder Airport, the busiest regional airport in the state of WA, and also offers first-class facilities for passengers as well. So how to get there? Well, driving, of course, the preferred method of choice for most visitors to the region. Uh, it's particularly great for those avid adventurers who enjoy their journey as much as the destination. 
Travelling by road is the best way to see and experience the extensive outback regions and get the real flavour of the land and the amazing people who live and work in Kalgoorlie Boulder. As the city is the transport hub of the goldfields, there's a great network of sealed roads linking Kalgoorlie Boulder with Perth, Esperance, the northern goldfields, Murchison and the Gascoigne regions as well. There is also an extensive range of unsealed roads. Some are in better conditions than others, so it's always a really good idea to speak with the local visitor centre to get up-to-date information on the status of the roads. More information on roads in Western Australia can be found at mainroads.wa.gov.au and further to this you may also need to obtain correct permits if you wish to travel on Aboriginal lands or enter WA National Parks. The information on Aboriginal land permits can be found at the daa.wa.gov.au website and information on WA National Parks can be found at Depaw, which is dpaw.wa.gov.au. So let's talk about Kalgoorlie Boulder in Western Australia. If you've never been, I re- really recommend that you do it. Kalgoorlie is a city in the Goldfields Esperance region of WA. It's located 595 kilometres east northeast of Perth at the end of the Great Eastern Highway. It's some to, sometimes referred to as Kalgoorlie Boulder as a surrounding urban area that includes the historic town site of Boulder and the local government area is the city of Kalgoorlie Boulder. It lies on the traditional lands of the Wangkatcha people. Um, the name Kalgoorlie derived from the Wango word meaning Karkula, meaning places of silky pears. The city was established in 1893 during the Western Australian gold rushes. It soon replaced Coolgardie as the largest settlement on the eastern goldfields, and Kalgoorlie is the ultimate destination of the goldfields water supply scheme and the Golden Pipeline Heritage Trail. The nearby Super Pit Gold Mine was Australia's largest open-cut gold mine for many years. It has an estimated population of over 30,000, a decline from the recent peak of uh, 32,000 back in the late 2000s. Now, as I said, it lies on the uh, traditional land of the local Aboriginal folk, where the language and their culture still is gone to this day. In the winter of 1893, prospectors Patrick or Paddy Hannon, Tom Flanagan and Dan Shea were, no relation to me, were travelling to Mount Yule uh, when one of their horses cast a shoe. During the halt in their journey, the men noticed signs of gold in the area around the foot of what is now the Mount Charlotte gold mine, located on a small hill north of the current city, and decided to stay and investigate. On the 17th of June 1893, Hannon filed a reward claim leading to hundreds of men swarming to the area in search of gold and Kogoli, originally called Hannon's Find, was born. The population of the town was 2,000 in 1898, made up of 1,500 males and 500 females. The mining of gold along with other metals such as nickel has been a major industry in Kalgoorlie ever since and today employs about one quarter of Kalgoorlie's workforce and generates a significant proportion of its income. The concentrated area of large gold mines surrounding the original Hannon's find is often referred to as the Golden Mile and was sometimes also referred to the world's richest square mile of earth. In 1901, the population of Kalgoorlie started to explode, which increased in 1903. The three-foot-six narrow-gauge Government Eastern Goldfields rail line reached Kalgoorlie Station in 1896, and the main named railway service from Perth was the overnight sleeper train, the Westland, which ran until the 1970s. In 1917, the standard-gauge railway line was completed, connecting Kalgoorlie to Port Augusta in South Australia, across over 2,000 kilometres of desert and consequently the rest of the eastern states. 
The standardisation of the railway connecting Perth, which changed route from the na- narrow gauge route itself, in 1968 completed the Sydney-Perth Railway, making rail travel from Perth to Sydney possible. The Indian Pacific Rail Service commenced soon after. Now, during the 1890s, Goldfields area really boomed as a whole and with the area population exceeding 200,000 people composed mainly of prospectors. The area then gained a reputation for being a Wild West, notorious for its bandits and prostitutes. This rapid increase in population and claims of neglect by the state government in Perth led to the proposition of the new state of Aurea, but with a sudden dysphoria after the gold rush, these plans fell through. Places famous or infamous for which Kalgoorlie is noted is, of course, its water pipeline, designed by Seaway O'Connor and bringing in fresh water from Mundaring Weir near Perth. Its Hay Street brothels, its two-up school, the Goldfields Railway Loop Line, the Kalgoorlie Town Hall, the Paddy Hannon Statue or Drinking Fountain, the Super Pit and Mount Charlotte Lookout. Its main street is Hannon Street, named after the town's founder. One of the infamous brothels also serves as a museum and is a major national attraction. Kalgoorlie and the surrounding district were served by an extensive collection of suburban railways and tramways providing for both passenger and freight traffic. In the late 1980s, the town of Kalgoorlie and the Shire of Boulder formally amalgamated to create the city of Kalgoorlie-Boulder, joining the two towns into what is now the fifth most populous city in Western Australia. In 2010, Kalgoorlie was shaken by an earthquake that reached five on the Richter scale. The epicentre was about 30 kilometres northeast of the town. The quake caused damage to a number of commercial hotels and historic buildings along Burke Street in Boulder. The entire Burke Street precinct was evacuated until mid-April. And work in the super pit and many other mines around Kalgoorlie was stopped. Two people suffered minor injuries as a result of the earthquake. Now, Kalgoorlie has a really semi-arid climate and hot summers and mild winters. The average annual rainfall is around about 260 mil, and on an average of 68 days, while the average rainfall is fairly evenly distributed throughout the year, there is considerable variation from year to year. January, of course, being the hottest month with the average temperature around about 33.6, but temperatures above 40 degrees occur nearly every week when hot, dry and a north to northeasterly wind arrives. With such high temperatures, they're usually followed by a cool change from the south and occasionally with a thunderstorm. By contrast, the winters are pretty cool with the July average maximum and minimum temperatures being 16.5 and 4.8 respectively. Cold, wet days with a maximum below 12 occur about once every winter. The lowest maximum temperature recorded is 7.2 in 1961. Overnight temperatures fall below freezing about four times in the typical winter, and such events occur on clear nights following a day of cold, southerly winds. As you can imagine, with a regional centre of Kalgoorlie, since 1992, it's been the home of the Diggers and Dealers Conference held annually in August. It is Australia's premier international mining conference. Now the open pit or the super pit is an open cut gold mine. It's about 3.6 kilometres long, growing all the time, 1.6 kilometres wide and over 600 metres deep, originally consisting of a large number of underground mines, including the Paringa, the Oria, Brown Hill, Chafers and Hainock mines. They were consolidated into a single open pit mine in 1989. A visitor centre overlooks the mine which operates 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. The mine blasts at 1pm every day unless the winds could carry dust over the town. Each of the massive trucks carries 225 tonnes of rock and the round trip takes about 35 minutes, most of that time being slow uphill haul. 
employees living Kalgoorlie. There's no fly-in, fly-out operation. The current life of a mine plan covers operation until 2035, with investigations for the mine extension, of course, being ongoing. So given the wealth of its yesteryear, Kalgoorlie features many elaborate heritage buildings that have been retained. Kalgoorlie Boulder, the largest settlement for many hundreds of kilometres with many employees at the super pit, is the centre of the area's social life. Of particular interest is the Kalgoorlie Boulder Racecourse, which of course being a horse racing venue. Also well known in the area is the Kalgoorlie Skimpies, which are ladies employed by each pub who walk around in their underwear or burlesque outfits to attract punters and expect a fee in return. Two grass operators, two grass sports ovals, and a cinema operates shows recent international releases to the area. So Kalgoorlie has a historical hotels in operation. Um, Broken Hill Hotel, which is an iconic venue in Boulder, the Exchange Hotel, uh, Kalgoorlie Hotel, the Palace Hotel, Piccadilly Hotel, Recreation Hotel, and uh, many hotels have been put into private use as well. Hotels that have dis- disappeared from the city was the Boulder Block, the commercial hotel, hotel that burnt down, and there's so many of the Golden Eagle, the Home from Home Family Hotel, the Oriental as well. Now Kalgoorlie Boulder... Uh, has many suburbs, Boulder, Broadwood, Fairways, Golden Grove and um, Hampton Heights, also Hannans, of course, Kalgoorlie, Lamington, Mullingar, O'Connor, Piccadilly, Somerville, South Kalgoorlie, Victory Heights. So it's a little um, a little city, little basically, as, as was said, it is a city with all these little suburbs as well. So um, plenty to keep you busy in Kalgoorlie. We're going to talk about some of the things that you can do in just a moment here on the Road Less Travel podcast. Welcome back this week, of course, talking to you about Kalgoorlie in Western Australia. And if, like us, you're a caravanner or you may be a motorhomer, there's plenty of parking available in uh, Kalgoorlie Boulder. Nice wide streets. Caravan and motorhome parking is available at uh, Cheatham Street in the seabed area of Kalgoorlie. There's also long vehicle parking available during daylight hours only on Brookman Street in Kalgoorlie and Hamilton Street in Boulder too. And there are two locations for dump and water points in Kalgoorlie Boulder, Forest Street in Kalgoorlie and Hamilton Street in Boulder. Now, if you're after 24-hour free camping and fully self-contained vehicle, you have a fully self-contained vehicle, the city offers, um, and it's also recognised as an RV-friendly town, and they offer free 24-hour camping for fully self-contained vehicles at Centennial Park, which is on the corner of Petroni and Hannon Street in Kalgoorlie. This camping is provided free of charge and no permits are required. However, this area is patrolled by the city ranger and the following conditions do apply. It's open only to fully self-contained vehicles only, including caravans. All vehicles must display a leave no trace sticker or allow the ranger to inspect their vehicle if required. No waste to ground of any kind. There's a limit of 24 hours at any one time. Revisitation is okay as long as there are one or more nights between the stopovers. For more information, you can contact the Kalgoorlie Boulder Visitor Centre and you can give them a call too on 0890211966. If you've taken advantage of their free 24-hour caravan and motorhome stopping area, they'd like you to complete a feedback form, which you can do on their website, which is kalgoorlietourism.com. Make sure you check it out. It's a visitor centre website. 
within Kalgoorlie Boulder and it's really comprehensive. You can book accommodation from this actual website. You can book adventures. You can book tours as well. They give you plenty of um, things to see and do. The accommodation such as caravan parks, travel tips. They uh, do travel packages as well if you want to fly in. They give you um, recommendations and places to stay such as hotels, motels and resorts. If you're into caravan parks, guest houses, B&Bs, backpackers and other regional accommodation as well. So check out their website kalgoorlietourism.com and of course visit their visitor centre as well at Kalgoorlie Boulder. Now one tourist destination that I can thoroughly recommend for you and I guess it's um, no visit to Kalgoorlie Boulder is complete without a visit to Hannon's North Tourist Mine and that's where you will experience a vibrant mix of gold rush history and modern day mining. During your visit you can actually climb onto one of those giant 793C haul trucks. You can stand in the shovel of a 994F loader. You can also listen to Paddy Hannon tell his tale of discovery, pan for gold and you can try your hand at the legendary game of two up. After exploring you're welcome to make use of the free barbecue facilities or you can picnic in the Chinese Garden of Remembrance and you can also pick up a unique souvenir at the gift shop as well. So that's Hannon's North Tourist Mine in Kalgoorlie, certainly worth a visit. And speaking of visits, you must check out the Super Pit. You can stand beside Kalgoorlie's Super Pit and gaze open-mouthed into one of the largest open-cut mines on Earth and the biggest gold mine in Australia. They can actually see it from space. Today, 900,000 ounces of gold are harvested here each year. 900,000 ounces, wow. Making a running total of 50 million ounces and a hole stretching 3.7 kilometres long, 1.5 kilometres wide and around 600 metres deep growing all the time. The super pit now incorporates the historic gold mile marking the spot where Irishman Paddy Hannon first struck gold and sparked the great gold rush of the late 1800s. You can learn more about his famous discovery in Goldfield's history on a visit to this unmissable landmark. That is the Super Pit Lookout. And for more information on blasting times, you can contact the KCGM Public Interaction Line on 089022 And of course, always uh, check out the Kalgoorlie Boulder Visitors Centre for more information. And most of the popular, one of the most popular rather, attractions on the goldfields. The Super Pit Lookout draws thousands of locals and visitors each year and the opportunity to view a working mine site in action and the chance of watching a blast certainly keeps the lookout firmly on the must-do list in Kalgoorlie. Now if you're a parent or grandparent you've got the kids in the car just put get the kids to put their hands over the ears for a moment as we talk about Cuesta Casa which is Australia's oldest brothel. Hay Street Kalgoorlie is the home to one of the world's oldest working brothels. Cuesta Casa has been in known operation for over 120 years and is possibly the world's oldest working brothel. Also known as the Pink House, Cuesta Casa is the only remaining brothel from Kalgoorlie's Gold Rush era built in the 1890s. The historical brothel offers tourists a unique opportunity to glimpse life from a bygone era. It's the only brothel remaining on Hay Street, has the famous starting stalls, which were world famous for the scantily clad ladies standing in the doorways, still operating the girls throw open these infamous doors nightly. The guided tour lasts approximately one hour and 15 minutes, apparently takes you through historical working areas of the house through the starting stalls at the front where the ladies first talk to the gentlemen sometimes they are caught doing other things and through the rooms which the ladies use every night the same rooms that have been used since this house was established the cramped rooms which are freezing in winter and stifling hot in summer give you unique insight into the life of those who frequented these world famous illegal houses you'll hear stories of how it was in old Kalgoorlie for the ladies and those often lonely miners who visited them discover why despite complaining bitterly 
about the working conditions. The ladies flocked here and kept coming back time and time again. Tickets are $30 for adults or $25 for senior concessions, 60s plus, and can be purchased direct from the Cuesta Casa on 0890214897. Tour time is 3pm with an arrival of 10 to 3. There is an age limitation due to the fact that it's an operating brothel. It's government regulation that nobody under the age of 18 is allowed onto the premises. So uh, just a little bit of history on Kalgoorlie's... Um, Ladies of the night, we'll put that name. Can tell the kids to take their their hands off their off the ears and go back to regular listening. They can hear about more of that when they turn eighteen on Monday. There's plenty of other places that you can have a look at. Um, as I mentioned, um, the historical area of Kalgoorlie has fantastic architecture, such as the town hall, uh, the old post office. This just fantastic architecture um, that really is testament to the obviously the wealth of the area in the late 1890s um, when gold was discovered and it was in, and all that kind of funds was injected back into the town. Mount Charlotte Reservoir Lookout, where you can take your time and embark on the easy walk to the peak of Mount Charlotte, you will be rewarded with the best sunset views. The Mount Charlotte Reservoir Lookout is known as one of Australia's most amazing engineering feats, the Golden Pipeline, which has brought water, the most precious resources of all, to the goldfield since 1903. You can follow the epic water pipeline on its 563-kilometre journey all the way from Mundaring in Perth Hills through the Wheat Belt to Galgoolie Boulder in the goldfields. There you'll see the rich and fascinating history of the mount and the reservoir revealed in the interpretive signage there. You can stand at the summit and marvel at the engineering genius of the pipeline's founding father, C.Y. O'Connor. Or you can imagine yourself there at the moment when Paddy Hannon, Thomas Flanagan and Dan Shea sparked the Western Australian gold rush and unearthed one of the richest gold fields in the world. The drive up to Mount Charlotte Reservoir Lookout located about one and a half k's from the visitor centre where you can enjoy an amazing view of the city, especially around sunset. You can view the information boards and wonder in the story of Seaway O'Connor's golden pipeline and the quest to get water up to the gold fields over 110 years ago. What an amazing feat of engineering. And Kalgoorlie too is a fantastic place from where you can base yourself. So you don't just have to go travelling around. You can base yourself and head out to to Coolgardie, to Cambelda. The Kukunine and Niagara Dam is certainly worth a visit. Leonora and Gualia, Laverton, Lake Ballard. You can head out to Menzies, to Norseman, Orobanda and Waluna as well. So again, jump on to the Kalgoorlie Boulder Visitor Centre website, which is kalgoorlietourism.com, and there you will find as I mentioned earlier, all about them. There's travel tips, plenty of fossicking and prospecting tips as well. If you're traveling with pets, uh, road safety, travel timetables, the distances between places. So uh, certainly plenty to do. And Kalgoorlie Boulder region is obviously renowned for prospecting and fossicking. To prospect in WA, each person requires a miner's right. And this permit can be obtained from any mining registrar's office for a fee of 28 bucks per person. This authorizes the holder to carry out the following activities on Crown Land not the subject of a mining tenement. So you can prospect for minerals, including gold, fossic for rocks and gemstones, conduct tests for minerals, undertake limited sampling using handheld equipment and to remove samples up to 20 kilograms. Oh, how good would it be a sample of 20 kilograms? Take water and camp for the purchases, purposes rather of prospecting. The Kalgoorlie Mining Registry is located on the corner of Hunter and Broadwood Streets in West Kalgoorlie. They can be contacted um, for further details on miners' rights and to download the application form, visit W www.dmp.wa.gov.au Go and enjoy yourself and um, check out some prospecting while you're in the area. It'd be crazy not to do it. And then I guess, too, seven little rules of prospecting 
um, the seven golden rules put safety first make sure you obtain a ride a riders a miners right permit you obtain a 40e permit um, prior to prospecting within an exploration tenement if you don't have written permission from the tenement holder get written permission comply with all legal uh, requirements show respect when on crown land and fill in any holes if you're a detector and if you dig and and dig up something, make sure you repair the ground that's been uh, disturbed. For more information, visit dmp.wa.gov.au. This is for WA um, people for the Government of Western Australia. It's the Mines Industry Regulations and Safety, so make sure that you adhere to that when in Kalgoorlie area and, of course, throughout Western Australia. And I guess, too, it's interesting to note that Paddy Hannon um, and his partners Flanagan and Daniel Shea, uh, Shea was from County Cork, Thomas Flanagan from uh, County Clare and Cannon himself was also from County Clare. He was from Quinn. They are still remembered and celebrated in Australia and in Ireland. And Paddy Hannon was the son of John Hannon and Bridget Lynch and was baptised on the 26th of April in 1840 at the town of Quinn, County Clare in Ireland. His godparents were Margaret Lynch and John O'Brien. Many of the people in his family emigrated to Australia from 1852 onwards and close ties were maintained. Two of Hannon's nieces would welcome Hannon to their house for the last years of his life. He emigrated to Australia when he was 22, arriving in Melbourne in 1862, and he is recorded in the passenger list as Pat Hannon, a labourer. In 1893 in WA, his partners were the first to find gold near Mount Charlotte, as we said, less than 40 kilometres from the existing Coolgardie goldfields. The three of them were following a large number of prospectors who set out for a rumoured new prospect site at Mount Yule. Now, one version of the story of the find has it on the night of the 14th of June that he found gold in a gully. Not wanting to cause a rush, he concealed the find. During the night, the trio moved one of their horses into the scrub, and the following morning, Hannon informed the main party that they were going to stay behind to find their lost horse. After the main group moved off east, the three men started to pick up the gold and peg out their lease. Amongst the various counterclaims to emerge over the years, one lively version of the story was told in 1909 by Fred Dugan, another prospector who was present at the time, relating how Thomas Flanagan found the first nuggets and covered his find with brushwood to conceal it until the following day. By law, those finding payable gold were required to report the fact to the warden's office within seven days, so Hannon set out for Coolgardie to register their find, doing so on the, 14th, rather, on the 17th of June 1893. It has been suggested that Hannon, rather than Flanagan or Shea, was chosen to officially register the claim because only he could read and write. There is evidence that Flanagan was literate since in 1864 he had clearly signed the official death certificate of his brother John Flanagan and had written his own place of residence at the time, White Hills in Bendigo, Victoria. The other possible reason for Hannon going alone to the office in, Kel- in Coolgardie was set out by Martin Webb, who relates that the fact that Flanagan and Shea were able to secure another 100 ounces while Hannon was away registering their claim in Coolgardie might help to explain why Hannon was chosen. Simply because they were better at specking than he was, it needs good eyesight. On the other hand, though, since the journey was arduous and had to be done as quickly as possible, Hannon might have been chosen because, as Urin and others suggest, he was the youngest and the fittest of the three. The most likely reason was that he was just undisputed leader of the party. So Hannon registered the claim in Flanagan's name as well as his own, and within hours a stampede began. It was estimated that about 400 men were prospecting in the area within three days and over 1,000 within the week. In 1904, at the age of 64, Hannon was granted an annual pension of £150 by the Government of Western Australia. 
Having searched for gold throughout his adult life, he did not cease his prospecting activities until 1910, his 70th year. At that time, he went to live with two of his nieces in Fallon Street in Brunswick in Victoria, close to the city of Melbourne. He died there in 1925 and was buried at Melbourne General Cemetery in the Catholic section near the North Gate. In 1993, his grave was restored by the citizens of Kalgoorlie, led by Tess Thompson, as part of the celebration of the 100-year anniversary of the original find by Hannon, Flanagan and Shea. In memory of a man who was regarded as the founder of Kalgoorlie, the main street and a suburb in Kalgoorlie both bear Hannon's name, and in 1929, a statue of him by the sculptor John McLeod was erected there. The city boasts several commemorative parks to the three Irishmen, Hannigan, Flanagan and Shea. A popular Irish pub at the Burswood Entertainment Complex was also named after Paddy Hannon. In Ireland too, there is a plaque dedicated to his memory opposite Quinn Abbey in Quinn, County Clare, and there is a bust with an explanatory dedication on display inside the uh, Enos Library in County Clare. In 1929, the statue of Paddy Hannon in Kalgoorlie was uh, set up. It was since been restored and moved, and you can actually get a drink out of his water bag in Hannon Street in Kalgoorlie. And Paddy Hannon's grave in the Melbourne General Cemetery, I happened to visit the other day. I sort of stumbled upon it by by um, looking for a bit of family research and said, well, Patrick Hannon is buried here, founder of Gold in Kalgoorlie. So I went and paid my respect to Paddy Hannon. You're listening to the Road Less Travelled podcast with Nikki Shea. And as I mentioned earlier, there's certainly no shortage of accommodation in Kalgoorlie Boulder area. In particular for us, Caravan Parks was high on the list. The acclaimed Big Four Prospect, a holiday park in Kalgoorlie. You can also check out the acclaimed Gold Miner Caravan Park in Kalgoorlie. In Boulder, Discovery Parks Boulder is available. Discovery Parks in Kalgoorlie too. And the Kalgoorlie Caravan Park, obviously, in Kalgoorlie on Great Eastern Highway. So again, check out the Kalgoorlie Visitors Centre. Um, they've got plenty of accommodation options. And you can find them, they are are located right in the heart of Kelgoorlie with plenty of parking uh, available too. And you can find them at 316 Hannon Street in Kalgoorlie. They're open Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, Saturdays 9 to 2, Sundays 9am to 2pm and public holidays open 9 to 1. And you can email them uh, if you want at visitors at kalgoorlietourism.com. They have a wealth of knowledge and you can book plenty of adventures that you can do too and uh, accommodation as well. And that wraps up our little visit to Kalgoorlie in Western Australia. If you have the opportunity, make sure you pop in, if you're doing the east-west or west-east, make sure you pop into Kalgoorlie Boulder rather than bypassing it through Coolgardie and heading out to Norseman that way. Make sure you do do put it on your bucket list. And as I said, you can base yourself there and go out and see uh, Menzies, uh, Waluna, uh, Orobanda, Norseman as well. Um, Plenty of things you can see and do, and it has a very rich history, and you might even strike it rich yourself and get get lucky and do some prospecting for gold. If you do, I wish you all the very best of luck. That's it for this week's show of the Road Less Travelled podcast. My name is Nikki Shea. I look forward to your company somewhere on the Road Less Travelled very soon. Talk to you next week. Bye for now. I've been everywhere. Thanks for listening. The Road Less Travelled is presented by Nikki Shea and produced by Fat Cat Media. 